Hi, and welcome to Inspiration Lab, a podcast shining a spotlight on leaders, creators, and organizations that continue to motivate and inspire us in the world of human resources, entrepreneurship, and hospitality. I'm Amrita Bala, founder and managing director of AB Consulting, an HR consultancy where we work with our clients to find unique approaches to human resources engagement, as well as strengthening leadership capabilities. Today, we're joined by Sean Reel, executive director of Ignite Bermuda, a local entrepreneurial accelerator. Founded by Don McKenzie and Neil Patterson, Ignite Bermuda has built programming to help local businesses grow and scale with a focus on diversity. During this podcast, Sean provides thoughtful insights on entrepreneurship, getting unstuck during challenging times, mentorship, and the importance of community. It's Amrita Bala from AV Consulting, and welcome to our latest Q&A. Today, I'm going to be joined by Sean Reel, the Executive Director of Ignite Bermuda. Ignite Bermuda was founded by Don McKenzie and Neil Patterson to really be a local hub for entrepreneurs to grow and scale their businesses. They partnered with Entrepreneurial Spark, which is one of the largest operators of accelerators out of the UK, and it's really become the ideal environment for local entrepreneurs to grow and scale their business. Sean has been with Ignite for over a year and has done a wonderful job of really championing the organization's mission as well as evolving the platform. And and we'll hear more from him about all the great work they've done during the pandemic to really support their entrepreneurial cohort. Um, I've had the pleasure of working with Ignite Bermuda for the past year as a mentor and um, can really truly attest to the great work this organization is doing and the fabulous team that it has supporting. So Sean, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Amrita. Really excited to be here. Really excited to be talking to you. You know, it's been an amazing journey for me coming on Ireland, you know, being in such a beautiful place with some amazing people. Uh, all on the same mission of creating jobs and diversity for Bermuda Um, and bringing together experts. You know, we've had KPMG involved. We've had mentors like yourself who've been amazing. Thank you for all your support, by the way. Um, You know, supporting our entrepreneurs. We're now building an investor network as well. So that whole creation of um, an ecosystem around the entrepreneur, because you know as an entrepreneur yourself, it's the toughest job in the world <laughs> you know some the stresses that we all go through as entrepreneurs um and the pressures but the fundamental part for us was always about mindset and getting people in the right mindset so that they were resilient so that they were able to be self-aware and aware of of how they were interacting with others that really changes the game because i could give you know, one of your listeners or, or viewers today, I could literally give you the business plan for Amazon 20 years ago and say, there's the business plan, just execute it. Mm-hmm. And we all know that with the best business plan, with all, you know, a lot of cash, you can still get it horribly wrong. And um, that execution is all about mindset and beliefs. And I think that's what I've learned through this journey coming here is if you can orchestrate the right people together and then give them the right mindset, they can do anything. Anything is possible. Um, And it's powerful stuff. And it's really needed right now. You know, 
we need it as entrepreneurs we need it as societies because it's a challenging time and um we're you know we've seen as you probably i mean you've mentored some of the people in in the sector in the tourism sector who've you know had to hard pivot you know reinvent themselves reposition themselves change their business model um you know cut out costs and that's you know that journey is not easy because you think you're going one way and all of a sudden you know the plan the business plan that you've spent years developing is is out the window and here we are you know but um it's been uh, really encouraging for me to see how entrepreneurs have stepped up you know uh, we had a program helping feed um uh local in need people and deliver emergency supplies and the entrepreneurs stepped into the gap that was being created by the huge demand and said, how do we help? And their creativity and the things they'd learned through the boot camp and through our program, you could see them deploying lean startup, minimum viable product, you know, all the techniques. They were like, okay, that's not working. How are we going to measure it? What assumptions? Superb. And, you know, hats off to all of them who got involved and, and helped deli- you know, look after those starving families really i mean it was impressive to see yeah so true and that's great and uh, i loved hearing more about the the food drive initiative that you did as well one of the other things i read sean and i know that you just finished the um selection of the next cohort was that you had reserved spots for the not-for-profit sector um so tell us a little bit more uh, you know the thinking around that and, and have you been able to fill all those spots as well yeah it's part of a transition, really, because as as a you know as an entrepreneurial accelerator here in Bermuda, our goal was to work with those entrepreneurs, build great people who can build great businesses. When we developed the model originally, working with um, uh, Don McKenzie and Neil Patterson, who are the founders and chairs of this business, um, they were saying to me it's got to be more than this. There's got to be a social agenda. You know, we're creating the jobs to help the economy, but it has a social ramification. The same with diversity. If we can create more diversity, both in how we build businesses and the people that we um, economically empower through the program, because it's free, it's a free of charge program. And our sponsors wanted us to do more, you know, the more value we can create. We're a charity. And we knew what was happening in the in the world in terms of the stresses on the charity sector. So we said, okay, what's the first thing we could do? What's our MV, our MVP? What's what can we create the maximum amount of impact and the minimum amount of resources right now? And we sat around and went, okay, we're going to run a sprint program. Mm-hmm. So we got fifty of the executive directors, senior board directors from the charities on Ireland. And we put them through a sprint program. God only knows how they got through it, bless them all. But on top of their day jobs, we were delivering two two hour sessions every week to deliver six months of content in four weeks. Yeah. Uh, and the collaboration, the ideas, the opportunities just layered and, and started to create ripples across the charity sector. That's only just a start. And then what we thought was, as part of that process, what we should do is actually build capacity in that sector. In the same way we're trying to build with entrepreneurs, 
So um, we reached out to our sponsors and said, we'd like to do this. And they said, absolutely, this is the right thing to do. So we were able to uh, offer out places for not-for-profits to be part of the next cohort starting in September. And we gave them a week to apply. And we were swamped again. You know, we, uh, overall, we had over 137 applicants uh, start the process for um, 34 places. And uh, we interviewed over 80 personally. So a lot of work. But those charities, if you look at them, and I'm, I'm sure wherever you are listening to or watching this around the world, if you go and talk to your local charities about their needs, their demand has tripled. Their donations are really struggling because a lot of the small to medium sized businesses and high net worth individuals who would normally give have given to the big emergency funds but can't give twice. You know, there's local restaurant group here which is a very big donor he said i can't afford to pay my staff's health care needs i can't afford to make my usual hundred thousand donation to charities so we've got to do something so we've got to actually look at how we redesign reimagine re the charity sector right and there's some amazing talent in that that group you know we we've got um you know the some of the people i i met through the program and we ran the um uh sprint program amazing talent and they started collaborating and they started working together and it was the first time many of them had had that place to convene online um and i would encourage anyone who's running online stuff and i know that you're uh, running some really good programs around you know how you actually convene and, and work together as online is to give people the time to actually uh interact and relate to each other beyond the meeting so we very often we'd have the event and an hour and a half later we'd still have the room open and there would still be people on there solving problems for each other it was just phenomenal and it was beautiful to see and you know um, i'm very proud of bermuda and the charity sector for what it did um during that time and it's still going on mm -hmm. um, we're still delivering emergency deliveries for diabetics today um, it's not our day job. It's just something we do on the side. I think that's that's such a great testament um, to your, the efforts by yourself and the team. Um, congratulations. Ignite Bermuda was recently recognized, you know, with the Good Corporate Citizen Award, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, one of the things that you've said that since you've started that there's no business that's failed in any of your cohorts, um, which is wonderful. So tell us more about, you know, what differentiates Ignite's programming um, and, and what are some of your plans for the future? Uh, incredibly proud of the team and the work they did to get that award. Um, previous winners were KPMG and Argus, which is a big healthcare company here. So for a little startup like us to be in that sort of group of companies is amazing. But I think that there's three things that make a difference here uh, in what we're doing. And you can apply these lessons to any business because we're a startup. I think the first one is we're creating an ecosystem mm -hmm. which solves a real problem. So we're focused on the real problem of jobs and diversity. And we keep coming back to that because it's easy as a startup to get distracted by the shiny things all over the place. Opportunities will come from every angle. Every customer will have a slightly different thing. You know, oh, well, if you only did it like that, I'd buy three million of them. Right. Um, 
So building an ecosystem that's focused around the customer's problem and keeping it focused on that. The second one is the peer-to-peer -peer networking. So um, we can't solve the problem for the entrepreneurs. They have to solve it themselves. So Laura and I, who, who are the enablers, we're enabling them to solve it. And you, for example, as a mentor on the program, you're enabling them to solve the problem. It's not up to us to solve the problem for them uh, as much as I wanted to at the beginning of the program when I was being trained to tell them exactly how to do it. Right. Um, but what I've learned through that part of the program was, you know, it's, 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 it's more about the questions and the assumptions and testing them rather than you telling them where to fish. And the third element is diversity, both um, demographic uh, diversity, but also diversity in working with people from different sectors who've got completely different experiences. So cognitive diversity, big fan of, of that. And I've seen it work incredibly well here. So we had people from um, a local mental health charity, um, sorry, mental health business, Solstice, leaders in their field covering all the range of, of uh, mental health support. And on the same program, you might have somebody who is, um, you know, delivering food. So our, our friends at Sagasso um, who do food delivery, a bit like delivery or um, uh, in other areas. You couldn't get two more diverse businesses, but you put them together and you put, leave them in a room for an afternoon and you find that the problems of high growth businesses are very often about behaviors and habits and changes and structures and managing people. And if you've got somebody who's got a mental health background and understands behaviors and habits and, and the magic just happens. So it's just creating those um, connections. And we've gone on to develop some mastermind groups to encourage that further. And now, as you know, um, we're, we've created a, an online platform to allow all the cohort, all the mentors, all the investors to actually share uh, a common platform for talking to each other and sharing information. Um, halfway through our last program, we had to switch to digital only. And um, we found there was probably two key things that we, we had to do. One was we had to increase the, the amount of content that we were delivering. And the second thing was that we had to allow as, as we were talking about earlier, the interactions to happen after the content, because it was equally important for them to feel part of a community and to talk to each other as to just listen to the content. Or even, you know, if you and I are running a program today and, you know, there's 30 people listening or 100 people listening. Each one of those needs to be somehow connected back to this community that you're creating. And I think we've learned how to do that in, a, in an inclusive way that allows even the most introverted, non-technical person to feel comfortable and creating a safe environment where everyone has a voice. And sometimes that means sending people off into very small groups in rooms, giving them some experience and then bringing them back to the next level. And then keep doing that until you get people who are comfortable putting their hand up or or putting something into the chat. And I've been reading a lot and having lots of discussions with other entrepreneurs in terms of, you know, how do you adapt to this new reality? Um, you know, 
many people's businesses, um, you know, especially in tourism and hospitality have literally hit sort of rock bottom. Mm. And uh, I know, you know, for some other businesses, things are turning around. People are curious, you know, how do you sell? I don't feel comfortable selling in this point. How do you pivot? Um, and I guess really the question I wanted to ask you is, you know, based on what you've seen and observed, and especially in the last few months, you know, what's some, um, advice, some good hard advice that you could give to entrepreneurs in, in terms of adapting to this new reality, not just for the next three months, six months, but I'm talking, you know, for the long term, because I think we are going to see a fundamental change in how we, how we work. Um, and, you know, the second part to the question is there's a lot of people that have great ideas at this point in time. They've had some downtime. They've thought about creative pursuits. So, what advice can we give to budding entrepreneurs? It's really a two-parter um, question. Okay, first, first the hard love bit. Off the X now, because this is a military term, and you, you've really got to stop thinking about where you are now, but where you want to be. Because if you stay on the X, it's really easy for you to get shot at. Continually, both externally and yourself. You are the internal dialogue about it's, you know, it's, covid's fault you know you're an entrepreneur get off the x start moving in a direction find out what the customer wants get close to the customer give value first these are all easy to say harder to do there in terms of the selling process it's solve the problem not pursue the sale so if you solve the problem and there are a lot of new problems mm -hmm. So every day there are new opportunities being created because, you know, I've got kids at home. I don't know what to do with them. I've got, um, I can't get this because I normally go there and I meet so-and-so to do that. I need to learn something, a new skill. So the list of problems, and I, I did one on my LinkedIn profile. If you want to uh, share that afterwards, there's a LinkedIn profile with, you know, 50 things you could do if you were starting again. And I issued that right at the beginning of, of, of this process. Because, yeah, because, yeah, you, you know, you, you think, oh, it's, you sort of get very blinkered into this is where I am and this is where I'm going. Um, the second thing is um, cash flow. You know, we all talk about it being king and really important. What we did with our cohort was we gave them a 90-day cash flow right at the beginning. We said, okay, what's your 90-day cash flow look like? And then we color coded it. And again, this is something I can share with your, your group is it's an action plan. It converts into an action plan for the next phase of your business. It says, okay, I'm going to delete these costs. They're no longer appropriate because we tend to live with costs well beyond the point at which they're useful. Um, and then I think the final thing is team. You'll win it with a team. You won't win it on your own. Mm -hmm. And, you know, remember that there may be people in, in more difficult positions. So if you're in a growth business and you're cash flow positive, find three people that you can give some business to tomorrow. Prepay for business, knowing that you're going to need that uh, hotel in the future, knowing that you're going to want that room in next January, book it now and pay for it if you can. Use your credit card just in case. But <laughs> the idea of, of, of creating a multiplier effect in a community is really important. So you know, I know many of, of the people are, you know, um, going to the local restaurants again where it's appropriate, et cetera, et cetera, and trying to support the local community. That's great. 
But as a business entrepreneur, what can you do to help? And if, you, if you're if you literally got nothing to do and you're just saying, okay, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to wait until January 2021 and then help somebody, volunteer for somebody, mentor somebody. You will learn, you will gain skills right now that you won't, and you'll get access to people as well. Mm -hmm. And I promise anyone who goes out and mentors gets much more value out of the relationship than the person they're mentoring. With you more. I think there's just, um, you know, and again, being in human resources, there's just going to be a much more, humane element in in how we do business and how we treat each other and i and i agree with you i think people really are gonna um look after the people that supported them through this time one of the questions that we always like to ask our guests and this is our um you know the dream space as we call it so when when life returns to normal um is there a destination or a place that you've been dreaming of going to or i'm um, returning to the UK for Christmas and it would be nice to sit in a traditional English pub by the river you know and, and, and look back on this year and think roll on 21 but uh, watching the um, uh, um, video footage on the on the internals of the new spacecraft that's being developed to take us all to Mars and mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. us beyond the stars and I was thinking wow what an experience it would be to look back on our planet from space and one of my favorite pictures of all time is called Moonrise, which is the moon rising over Earth. I don't know if you've seen or Earth rising over the moon. So this is a picture taken from the moon of Earth appearing. It's one of the most beautiful uh, pictures because it gives you a sense of we are important. We all think we're important. But actually in the context of, you know, six and a half, seven billion people on the planet and then the planet in the in the, in the Milky Way and floating through space at 67,000 miles an hour. You know, you and I can make a small change, but that ripple effect has got to be the way, you know, we're all connected. Mm-hmm. We are all connected. Um, I studied um, quantum physics for a year in, in uh, the Royal Institute. And one of the things that really spooked me out was this idea that we are intimately connected at a, a subcellular level and you know it's not woo woo it's it's real science and you can uh, look up quantum entanglement for those of you who want to understand it better but you know this idea that every part of me every part of you every part of the people watching and listening is intimately connected and if we can change the vibration change the attitude change the mindsets and actually um, move forward in a in a in a much more helpful supportive post-covid world and uh you know the big challenge is we can change as a community like we'll make it a better place to be and thank you so much for your time today it's been really great to connect with you and see you of course i'm i'm hoping to be in bermuda in a few months if i can and uh, maybe our next q a can be with in front of a beach please take care and be safe and um good luck with the next cohort and all the programming and amrita thank you for all your help Thank you for listening to today's episode of Inspiration Lab. If you found value in today's episode, please follow us on your listening platform. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And don't forget to follow us on social on Instagram at a.bconsulting. Drop us a DM. We'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas on any future podcasts. See you next time.